Yep, it's me. All right. I touched it too many times. Couldn't get it back on there. What a good morning so far, amen? Amen. It is a good, good day to be in the house of the Lord. How many people are glad that the single digit temperatures are over for right now? Did anybody complain? waking everybody up. Did anybody complain? Okay. Okay. A few honest people, right? How many people, uh, how many people have been challenged by these last couple of weeks? How many people are struggling through it? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's really hard when you start to take inventory of the words that you're speaking and then you realize like, wow, I say some some really rough things. How many people have thought, though, after the last couple of weeks, like you were, you, you've, you've had this thought, maybe you said it out loud, maybe you've kept it inside, but you're thinking to yourself right now, like, if I'm not allowed to complain, does that mean that I can never have an opinion about anything? Did anybody, has anybody thought that? Yeah. Okay. So you start to think like, man, like if I can't complain, like, does that mean like I can't have an opinion about something? And or, or how about this one? Um, I can't express an opinion I have. Anybody? Right? Okay. Um, I'm supposed to be, maybe you thought this. I'm supposed to be emotionless and not care what's happening around me. Anybody? Right? How many people know that it's hard when things are happening around you? It's, it's kind of hard not to form an opinion, right? Even if it's something you, you might like or enjoy, you still have an opinion about it, right? And and so it's easy to think of these things because how many people know we go through legitimate problems, right? Where things happen in our lives and we legitimately have an opinion or we we have a critique, right? Uh, The other day something happened and and, uh, it was something with a government affiliate and our name change. Um, I don't want to go into the details, but uh, I, I text Jared and I said, I'm not complaining. But here is the facts of the phone call I just received. <laughs> right. And I laid all the facts out. And then and then before I could continue, maybe to maybe work my way into complaining, I started talking about all the different kind of foods that I miss right now. Because I thought to myself, if I can talk about the things I miss, I'm not going to complain about the thing that really is agitating me right now. To which Jared replied, why are you doing this to me? Um, so then I stopped. But, but it's easy to find ourselves in situations that, that will make us want to complain, right? No different than when it's one degree outside. I know I'm making some of you sin right now. When it's one degree outside in your house, it's heat is constantly running, but yet it still feels cold inside. You find yourself in a predicament, don't you? Two weeks into the complaining cure, it's freezing in your home and you don't know how to make a change. And you find yourself sitting there going, I'm about to say some things, right? So I'm not saying that we can't complain or we can't have an opinion or, well, I am saying you can't complain. But what I'm not saying is you, you can't, you can have an opinion, right? 
We just have to be careful though, because how many people know that opinions can quickly turn into complaint, right? And the thing about opinions is, is, let's just be honest with ourselves. Just because we can have an opinion about everything doesn't mean we should, right? I can have an opinion about everything. I've, I've been, I've, I, so all of you, if you've been here long enough, you know, I love cars, right? And if you were here a while ago, you know that I've got a weird, I've got a weird love of weird looking cars, right? I've got a PT Cruiser. It's weird, but I love it. I've got a Chevy Capri station wagon. It's weird, but I love it, right? Just me. Okay, that's fine. Where is Jack at? I need Jack in here when I'm talking about this stuff. Um, but the thing is, though, is, is I've been to car shows and I've looked at cars and I, I've thought to myself, why in the world would somebody waste money making that thing look nice, right? No different than if, oh, you are a saint, sir. Thank you. No different than if you're driving through a neighborhood looking for a home, right? Anybody done that recently? Nope. Okay. My couple. Nope. All right. It's fine. When you were looking for a home, how many people know that it's easy to pull up to a house and instantly make an assumption or an opinion about what it looks like? Right? I was in architecture for two years. I thought I was going to build homes. And then I realized failing woodshop and taking architecture, those don't go well together. Right? So I dropped that dream. But I took, two, I took two years of architecture. So there are times when Lindsay will look at a home and she's like, what do you think that looks like on the inside? And I'm like, well, based on where the pipe is coming up, that's a bathroom. And, and based on this and that, that's probably the living room. That's probably a bedroom. And, and I'll actually draw it out for her. And she goes, yeah, I don't like that. And I don't have any idea what it looks like on the inside, <laughs> right? But, but I've got two years of experience <laughs> in high school. That makes me feel like I know what I'm doing, right? I have an opinion about it. And we can decide not to choose something based on an opinion, Right? Thank God I chose Lindsay even with my opinion. I'm kidding. You know what my opinion was. You were perfect. Um, and I still think that. Right? Yeah. Honestly, it's true though. I would purposely clean. Well, we don't have to go into that. That's not in my notes. Sorry. Yeah. You're like, get off this subject. But we can, we, can, we can choose things wrongly based on a complaint. And a complaint or a criticism is just an expression of our personal opinion that is not necessarily based on fact, but it's shaped by our preferences. How many people know that things in life very rarely line up to our preferences, right? You could get the exact thing you think you want, and then you get into it and go, this isn't what I wanted, Right? Leasing vehicles. Oh man. Let's talk about that for a quick second. Tab's not here to tell me how that's a bad idea uh, financially, but I, we lease our car. And so when we picked our car, I was like, this car is amazing. I'm now four months into it. And I realized I should have got the one with a little bit more options. Right? Right? <laughs> like we get into things like that and we're like, now I have an opinion about it. Don't we? Absolutely. And it's just based on my own preference. 
We complain about the weather. Why? Because we prefer something different, don't we? We complain right now because it's too cold, and in August, we're going to complain that it's too hot. Right? Is there a perfect day ever? Sometimes. Perfect days to me are different than perfect days to Lindsay. A a day that I don't think I need a coat, she's got a coat on, right? When we walk into our home and our house is running 67 or 68 degrees, that's perfect for a bear like me. It's not for her, right? We, We have these personal preferences. We criticize strangers because we don't like what we see. Anybody ever been there? Come on, let's just be honest. Sometimes when I'm waiting uh, in the morning to to drop Otto off at uh, preschool, I watch these kids walk into school and I'm like, wow, do their parents not help them pick out clothes? Right? Like I find myself doing that and I'm like, I would never, right? Anybody? Or you see the kids walking in in the wintertime with no coats on and they're carrying it with them. And I'm like, you're going to get sick. <laughs> like, like I want to just roll down my window and be that creepy guy, right? We have opinions about what we see and we criticize. We critique someone's choices because we would have chose something different, right? Anybody ever done that? Well, I wouldn't have got that one. I would have got the other one. We grumble about the government. Here we go. Because we want things done according to our own philosophies, right? Come on, let's just be real. We may not like it, but it's because we, don't, we want it done our way, don't we? Okay, you guys aren't there yet. That's fine. <laughs> we form our opinions, though, off of our past experience of things we've seen, the things that we've heard, and the things we've experienced in life. And so now we have formed these opinions about how things should be, and we have to live with that now, right? We have to struggle to wage that war with those things now. But honestly, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion, is there? Parents, is there anything wrong with having an opinion about what your kids should do? No, but that doesn't mean we need to speak it, right? Come on. Not always. I struggle with it too. I've only got a seven-year-old. I don't even have an adult child yet or a teenager yet. Thinking about you, Jamie. I don't have those yet. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Right? (laughs) I'm glad you guys took a lot longer with worship. That way I don't have to fully finish everything I'm talking about today. What about this one? Do you really honestly need an opinion about something that has nothing to do or will ever affect you? But we do, don't we? We do, right? We will have an opinion about what our friends painted their living room walls. And that doesn't affect me at all, right? Well, you said it, so there's always a little bit of truth in every joke, right? We don't have to have an opinion about it. I've walked into people's bathrooms before, and I'm like, man, if this seat was just a little bit different, this would be a lot more comfortable. Anybody ever thought that? I'm going to be honest with you. I went to, we went to a bed and breakfast once, and it had a heated toilet seat. 
life-changing experience until I got home and realized mine didn't do that. (laughs) I'd turn that bad boy on and I'd let that thing go all day long and I would just sit there. I didn't have to go. I would just sit there because it was warm, right? How many people have ever had heated seats in one vehicle and then you get out of that vehicle and get into the vehicle that doesn't have heated seats? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me you don't have an opinion about that. You start Googling how much for heated seats to put in my car, right? Because you have an opinion about it. The problem with this is it was constantly developing these opinions. It sets us up to be in the perfect position to complain and criticize everything. Constantly coming up with an opinion gives us now the foothold to be able to complain and criticize and still dub it as an opinion. Anybody ever done that? I'm just going to give you my opinion. But I don't think you should have done that that way. It's an opinion, but now you've just criticized that person, right? I know we're still working through this. That's fine. We're only three weeks in. We've got 12 more weeks of this. This is fine. I'm kidding. Just wanted to see what your reaction was going to be. We don't need an opinion on how white people's teeth are, do we? But we do, don't we? We don't need an opinion on what color somebody just colored their hair, do we? But we look at them and go, that looks great. And then walk away and go, oh my gosh. Come on. I feel like you guys are just like, wow, Pastor Nick, you are a mean dude. How about this one? We don't need to have an opinion about the strategy they used at the board game. Or what they should have done in the board game, but we will, right? Anybody? No? Do you guys not play games? What's wrong with you people? What's that? Wow. Oh, come on. From the pulpit. I have opinions, but I just don't say them out loud. Um, here's the thing. Just because we live in the land of free speech does not mean we need to have a moment where we decide we're going to give a speech about our opinion. Anybody? That's hard, right? You drag your soapbox out because you're like, yeah, this is about to go down. Right? And then you climb up on it. And you're going to give your opinion. And you're not only going to give your opinion, but then you're going to give the seven reasons why you have that opinion. Right? Let's do, let's do, let's do a quick little self-inventory here. Think of all the time and energy we invest into forming opinions. Just think about it. That's a lot, isn't it? All that mental real estate we will eat up with opinions. I have an opinion about this. I have an opinion about that. I have an opinion about this. I have an opinion about her. I have an opinion about him. I have an opinion about that home, right? Think about all the wasted passion that we put into defending our opinions and they have no eternal significance. How many people will fight for your opinion? 
Nobody wants to raise their hand on that. I get it. You will fight. Oh, now we have family members calling each other out. I'm in trouble. That is not good. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I will fight for an opinion, right? Every November, all of you sinners who hate teams from the South, I have to defend my opinion with all of you. Even the ones of you that don't care. And you feel me. You don't like any team in the state of Michigan, just like me. We got to defend ourselves and our opinions, even when we're horrible, right? Got to defend it. Think of all the arguments that have started and that have been bred out of your opinion. How about this one? Think about all the relationships that have been wrecked because of your opinion. Yeah. Now think about it this way. How would you feel if someone was forming the same opinions you've had about you? You were the topic of somebody's negative thoughts. You were the topic of their criticism and you were the topic of the things that we've all had moments of saying about someone else. How would that make you feel? Because even the toughest person who says it doesn't bother them, can I just be honest with you? It bothers them at least a little bit. Something that when they go and start working out, they repeat those words to themselves over and over and over in their head to give them motivation, right? That sounded really personal. It was. Um, I've been there, and as you see, it's working marvelously. Um, But those people not only are forming those opinions, but they're sharing them with other people about you. They're taking those opinions and they're taking them to work and, and they're not maybe naming you at work, but they're talking about you to their fellow workers that they work with every day and they're talking about you. That's hard. Sharing your issues and the opinion that they have on you with complete and total strangers to you. That hurts, doesn't it? I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that it's difficult when you find out that somebody has an opinion about you, but yet they won't come and talk to you about it, but they'll talk to everybody else about it around you. That's hard, right? Anybody ever experienced that? Somebody would like to take you out to lunch, but you're never invited. Talk about you around dinner, but they forgot to ask you to come over. That hurts. Opinions. Proverbs 18.2 says it this way. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air out their own opinions. Those are my words, but I had to chew on them when I read it. And I was like, dear Lord, that hurts. Now I don't want to have an opinion, (laughs) right? You read a scripture like that and you're like, don't ever say it all out, right? 
And this sounds incredibly easy, but did you know that if, the, if you just had fewer opinions regarding things that didn't matter, you'd be less critical than you are right now? That sounds great, doesn't it? But that's hard, isn't it? To just shut your opinions out. Because you know how it is. You have an opinion about something and, and you let it slide for a little bit. Like you just like, I, I'm not going to say anything for a little bit. And then like it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And you're like, oh, I, I really want to say something. Anybody been there? I really want to say something, but I just, I just don't think right now is the, we spiritualize it. I just don't think it's the right time. Right? Somebody just got a message. I just don't think it's the right time. And then it festers and festers and festers. And then you no longer can share your opinion because all you've done is just blow up. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. The bottom line is really, we should be saving our mental real estate for things that give life and not death. Shouldn't we? We should be saving the things in our, the, the space in our brain, our, our, our mental space for things that are speaking life into people and not things that are speaking death into things or people. That's really what we should be doing, right? As Christians. I mean, we should be doing it as humans, right? Especially in these last two years, the world just wants unity and love. <laughs> right? That's what they say. But as Christians, we should be the ones giving unity and love, shouldn't we? I'm so glad this isn't an election year. Is it? Oh. Let's not go into that. We're just going to drag opinions out. Here's the thing, though. In order to really help us with our mental state, why don't we use the helper that Jesus left us when he left this earth? Right? Why don't we use the Holy Spirit more than we do as believers? Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Literally the definition of being spirit-led. Now, this isn't the real definition, but this is, this is what it should be. Before or while we're forming these opinions, we should be asking him, the Holy Spirit, if we should be really forming these opinions. That's, good. That's being spirit-led is as we have the opinion roll into our mouths or in our minds, we should say, should I be thinking this? What if we did that? What would you, what'd you say? It'd be, a whole lot It'd be a whole lot quieter. And you know what's interesting about it being quieter? Is you'd be able to hear Jesus a lot clearer. Oh, come on. Come on. That wasn't in my notes. That was for free. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? If we could shut our mouths and our minds up and allow the Holy Spirit to talk to us about what our opinion should be, it would be a lot quieter for us to hear the Lord speaking to us. That would solve some of our problems of saying, I never hear him. Well, you never stop talking. Right? You know what that's like, right? I mean, I know what it's like right now. I have a seven and four year old. They never stop talking. 
Anybody ever experienced that where your kids just, something's wrong? Like there's something wrong. Like they just, it, it'll be nine o'clock at night. They've been laying in bed for two and a half hours. Do the math. I know I put my kids to 6.30. You can judge. I don't care. I need alone time. But it'll be nine o'clock and you'll hear them because they share a room. And they've leaned over on their sides and they're looking at each other and their night vision has worked now. And they're talking about things. Or they start singing a cappella in the room together. And I love it. But sometimes I'm like, listen, Jesus wants you to go to bed, right? I know you love him and stop singing about him, but he wants you to go to bed, right? But it's funny that when your kids are talking so much, how they can't hear the sound of your voice. And the same thing happens with us spiritually is we are developing all of these things and we have all of this noise in our head and we're talking so much about our stuff and what we feel and how we think and what we should do, not ever including the Lord. And all of a sudden you can't hear his voice. And if there's anything I've learned in these last two years is we have been a part of a lot of noise, right? And we ask ourselves, why can't I hear you, Lord? <laughs> and it's the same response we have as parents. Because you won't shut up. Right? <laughs> the Lord doesn't say that. Maybe to me. I've heard it. Sometimes it's nice to hear that stuff, though. Because it's like, oh, okay, that's serious now. Right? <laughs> right? The fact of the matter is opinions are a part of our life and they're never going to go away, right? But we could change the filter of those opinions by asking him if it's something you should have, right? Like, I mean, I've got an opinion about things. If you asked me, I'm sure I would have an opinion about it or I could come up with an opinion about it. Isn't that beautiful about how our mind works? It may be something you don't even know, but you're like, I'm going to come up with an opinion though right now. Right? What'd you think of that movie? Well, you know, it was a little dry for my taste, but kids would probably love it. Right? And then you're like, I never saw it. it. Just sounds like one I wouldn't like. Right? But here's the thing though. If you started to develop an opinion and you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is this something that I need to be thinking? And he tells you no. How many people love hearing the word no? Exactly. But if he tells you no, then let it go and get over it. Yeah. Wow. Right? If the Holy Spirit's directing you and saying, no, this is not something you need to think about, then stop thinking about it and let it go. Yeah. Right? I've heard this a lot. You build a bridge and you get over it. Right? <laughs> but that's hard, isn't it? Pastor, you just don't understand. My opinion is just so, so strong. Right? It's difficult for me to let go of an opinion. Anybody feel that? You should. 
<clears throat> I'm preaching myself right into a dry throat here. <clears throat> but here's the thing though. When you ask him if it's something you should be thinking about, you're asking him for his perspective. You're asking him for you to have the ability to see it through his lens. And so then if he says no, like I said, get over it. But if he does say yes, here's the thing though. And I think sometimes we miss this step. When we hear yes, what do we do? <laughs> we run, right? We hear yes and we're like, we're out, right? And, and you just start, I can share my opinion, right? <laughs> right? right? Has anybody ever had that moment? Where, where you hear the Lord say, yes, you can share it. And you're like, yeah, I've been waiting to say this to you for years, right? <laughs> but we miss a step because even though he says yes, the next thing we should say back to him is, can you please help me form my words with your love? So that when I do share what you just gave me permission to share, I say it with your love and nothing from me right? I say it every Sunday. I say, Lord, please, please, especially if I know I have to say something that it hurt me. So I know it's going to hurt someone out there. I go, please, Lord, let it come out of your mouth and not mine. <laughs> right? Please, Lord, let your love come out and not, not mine, please. Right? <clears throat> that whole thing though, that whole process, asking the Holy Spirit if you should say it, if he says no, stop talking about it. If he says yes, then putting it back into his love, wrapping it in his love for his perspective, that is the whole process of how you defeat a critical spirit. Right? That simple, that, those simple little things of saying, should I have this opinion? Oh, I can have this opinion. Okay. But before I say this opinion, please wrap what I'm about to say in your love. So it comes out from your perspective. You've just defeated a critical spirit in that moment because now you're allowing him to do what he came here for. And that's to be our helper when we need him. Well, I don't need him to share my opinion. Yes, you do, because you hurt people. Well, I can share it in love. No, you can't, because you let your emotions get in the driver's seat. I've talked about Inside Out before. Anybody, everybody seen that? Go rent it today. Watch it. It'll make you totally understand what's happening. Most of us, we have an opinion and then what happens is anger gets in the driver's seat. So every time we share it, that's how we speak it. Not love. Joy checks out. But what do we do with difficult, painful, complicated, or frustrating situations? Right? How do we deal with disappointed, resentful, irritated, impatient, angry thoughts? Anybody asking those questions? How do we deal with all those things? Because how many people know that when you deal with those things, it feels like it just, just comes in like a flood and you get swept away with them, right? And you say to yourself, well, we can't complain. How do we deal with those things? How do we do this? Do, do we just keep our mouths shut then? And I say, no. How many people have ever been in a situation and you thought to yourself, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and it's going to work itself out. I feel like a lot more people probably than that. 
But does that always work? No. It compounds the issue, doesn't it? Just to keep our mouth shut. I just, can I just be, be well, I'm not going to ask permission anymore because I just do it anyways, but I'm going to be real here for a second. I just had to apologize to somebody just last week in our church. I know a pastor apologizing, but I had to. And I said, I am sorry that I knew I needed to say something to you and I didn't say something to you sooner and it just got worse for you. I'm sorry. And I had to chew on that after I got off the phone with that person. I go, man, I, I feel like I let them down. Because I didn't open up my mouth. I didn't want to have an opinion about something. Because I thought to myself, well, I'm preaching about not having an opinion about things. Right? But can I tell you, though, that if you're not going to have an opinion, you're not going to complain, you're not going to criticize, you're not going to do all of these things about something, there is something that you can do, and it's called processing them. Right? It's probably something psychological. But there's a spiritual aspect of that too. It's okay to feel the things you feel. Can I say that again? It's okay for you to feel what you feel. It's okay for you to have an opinion. It's okay for you to get rubbed the wrong way because it's not something that you would have done. It's okay for that to be like that. Only if you process those feelings and not by sharing them with your 10 best friends just so you can complain. The only way you can truly process them without criticizing and without complaining is taking them to Jesus. It's the only way. But what happens though, is we find ourselves in this position though, where we fall into two different camps. We fall into camp broadcast or we fall into camp denial. Now camp broadcast, you can guess what that is. This is where you vent about everything, right? This is where complaining and venting is the primary form of communication. Camp broadcast. Camp denial. It's where repression is preferred. It's where you want to just push it down, push it down right? It's what we do on Thanksgiving day. Push it down, right? It doesn't work on Thanksgiving day and it doesn't work when you just suppress all the things that you feel. Can't broadcast. You are not processing if you live there. You are complaining. You are venting right? How many people have ever just called somebody and be like, I just need to vent right now. You don't need to say anything. I just need to say what I need to say. Anybody? Or anybody been the person that people to do that to, <laughs> right? And then you got to call somebody after they're done venting because you're like, I can't stand that person, right? No, sorry. At Camp Broadcast, we tell everyone everything we think about everything and everyone. Does that make sense? 
We tell everyone everything we think about everything and everyone, right? We just hopscotch to the next person. How we feel is no secret. You know those people where they just walk in the door and you're like, oh, I'm going to go this way. I know how they feel. (laughs) You can see it on their face when they walk in where you know they want you to ask them how they're doing, but they don't want you to ask them how they're doing. Right? They want you to ask so they can pitch you a tent and camp broadcast too so that they can vent to you and get you on their side. But they don't want you to ask what they're doing because they really don't want to be told that they're doing something wrong. Right? At camp broadcast, you are complaining about everything to anyone. There is a sweet lady in our city. She works at a couple of different places. For some reason, I don't know. I check my shirts and I check my hats to make sure that it doesn't say, please tell me all of your things. But for some reason, when I show up at these places and I happen to run into her while she's working, for some reason, she just wants to tell me. She she doesn't know what my name is. And I don't wear the I don't wear a church logoed hat. <laughs> that's that's horrible, probably right then and there. Yeah, that's on the internet. But I walk in, and I've learned now that I'm like God. You must be doing this to me. You must be setting me up for this appointment that I am not making for myself. Because what I find is when I get to the register, I nicely, because we all do it, don't we? Where we say, how are you doing today? We really don't want to know. Come on. It's the nice thing to do, right? And I say, how are you doing today? Now I've learned, I'm like, we're just going to have a conversation. But when I first moved here, it was, I was like, whoa. Whoa how are you doing today? And then she'd go, well, classic. And then tell me all about the negative things happening in her life, right? After a a couple times of doing that, I realized I was like, okay, God, (laughs) I see you. And apparently I need to talk to this lady, right? So now I've, I've gotten to a place where I've just still doesn't know my name, still doesn't know my name, but I've gotten to a place where I try to give a positive, like up look on it. Right. One day I'm probably just going to be like, do you know, Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and savior. And then have that conversation. Right. But I'm working up to that. But I know in these moments though, we have people that come in contact with us all the time who are like that and we get frustrated and then we have an opinion about it. But I, can I tell you something? If you just shut your mouth enough, God might be setting you up for something. Yeah. That's good. Come on. I tell you that story so you know, Pastor Nick is doing it too, right? In this camp, we live in this camp on repeat, telling the same story, just a new chapter every day. Anybody ever felt like that? Where when people ask you how you're doing, it's just the same, it's the same book. It's the same story. We're just in a new chapter today. The chapter I was in yesterday is not the one I'm in today, but this one is just as negative as that one. 
right? Now we can walk over to Camp Denial. Here is where difficult people in situations are too stressful to deal with. They're uncomfortable. So it's easier to ignore it and act like it's not there. That's Camp Denial. Camp Denial is where we fall into sometimes because there's a lie or a misunderstanding that as a cross, a, cross, a Christ follower and somebody who wants to live their life in step with the Holy Spirit, we fall into this thing of, well, if I'm going to do that, then I shouldn't have an opinion then. So I'm just not going to think about it because I'm a Christ follower and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to walk with me. So I just need to suppress it, right? The problem is though, is that all of these emotions that are running rampant in our minds that we begin to suppress, they're still there. They're just bubbling under the surface, waiting for a moment for them to seep out or explode out and seep all over to everything around you. Just because you suppress them and for right now you don't feel them doesn't mean they're gone. But here, we have to understand there are things like that that are damaging us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically when we do those things. We're just suppressing the inevitable, right? You know how it is. We, we, we call them people who suppress it for so long and then they just blow up. Because those emotions that you are feeling are still there. They're just bubbling like hot lava waiting for the the earth's crust to open up and allow them out, right? And you know what happens when a volcano erupts? It's happening right now in our world. A tsunami is coming. And so when your emotions bubble up and explode out, guess what's happening? A tsunami of hurt is going to flow out and and crash into everything. And I can tell you that the hurt that's coming in that tsunami of emotions is not something that that person caused or that that situation caused. It is a, it's a directly affected by something else. It's a symptom of something else, but that thing is the thing that it got blown up on. That's what happens when you just live in camp denial. It can be exhausting working through the tidal wave of emotions we have, can it? Exhausting. It can be intimidating and messy to sort through problematic situations or complicated people, can it? So it just seems like a good idea to ignore it deny it, repress it. If we don't feel it, we won't have to deal with it, right? That worked out in Frozen very well. Conceal, don't feel. And then Elsa built a giant ice castle. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. Our emotions just blow up with no control. What happens though is as we suppress it, instead of confronting our spouse about an issue, we gripe about them in our minds. 
right? Instead of tackling an issue with our boss, we criticize their leadership and knowledge to a fellow employee. Instead of addressing concerns we have with those that are involved in our particular situation, we nitpick and speculate motives and intentions with someone else. Instead of dealing with repeat offenders in our lives, we make subtle digs and inject sarcasm into our conversations with them. I just want to say I was the master of that in high school. I never wanted to deal with my stuff. So what I would do is if you hurt me, oh man, I would tear you apart with sarcasm. Right? I had to give that to Jesus because I was like, man, I had no idea until now I'm an adult. Now I realize what I was doing. I was just suppressing all my emotions and it was coming out that way. It was a symptom of that, right? The bottom line is the more you suppress it, eventually it's going to come out. Eventually it's, it's going to happen. Eventually what you didn't want to deal with, you're going to have to confront head on. So where's the balance? How do we get ourselves not to camp broadcast and, and, and not to camp denial, but how do we get ourselves to camp healthy? How do we get ourselves to a place where we can actually be who God wants us to be? First, and I already said it, we've got to process our thoughts, our opinions, the criticism we want to say. We have to process that with Jesus. David understood that when he was on the run from King Saul, didn't he? He's living in a cave, separated from his family, looking over his shoulder, waiting for his imminent death to come. I'd say he had a pretty good reason to vent, to complain. But in Psalm 142, 1 and 2, he says this, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. Everything he thought, he shared it with God. Everything he felt, he shared it with God. He got real with God. Psalm 139, 1 and 4 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways, and before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Can I tell you something? Why not process with God? If that scripture is truth, it's in the Bible, so it is truth, right? So if it's truth, why are we not taking the thoughts and the opinions and the criticism and the complaining that we have directly to the Lord? Because before you even speak it, he already knows what you're saying. Taking it to the Lord and processing it with him, it's not taking it to him so he's aware of what you were going to say. It's taking it to him so you can free yourself from this mindset. It's taking, taking it to him so you can 
drop the chains and get some freedom in your thoughts. What do you mean, pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Too many times when we pray, we think we got to say the right things, right? We got to King, King James it up. We got to use the these and the thous the right way. Otherwise the Lord just won't hear me. Can I just be honest with you? The whole key to processing it with God is being raw and real with him. You will blow up on a person. Let me say it this way. You will blow up on his creation, but you won't take it to the master who understands why you feel what you feel and how you feel that way. Instead, we just want to cupcake it in a nice little Christianese prayer. Why not be real with Jesus? Why not be real with the Lord? Why not say, God, that makes me angry. Why not say, God, I'm hurting right now. You know, and not saying it nice. Say it how you feel it. You're not going to shock God. He's not going to hear you and go, oh my gosh, you dare speak to me like that, right? No, What he's going to do is he's going to hear where you're at and he's going to come down and meet you right there and say, let me love on you right now. He's not going to belittle us or make us feel like we shouldn't have those opinions. He's going to get down. You all know what it's like if you've been around any kind of little kid. When you want to really talk to them, what do you do? You get down right to where they're at. And you look them in the eyes and you say, I love you. I don't care. I love you. And when we can process with God enough to realize that you can be real and raw with him, all those negative things that you feel like your mind is full of, all of a sudden are getting processed through our father. He's taking those raw emotions and he's saying, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to feel this way. But you've got to be able to do it. We can hear it. And we can be like, yeah, that sounds great. But you've got to be able to do it. God already knows. So why not just free yourself and say it to him and be like, I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm upset. I feel like they don't hear me. I feel like I, feel like I don't belong. Don't take it to a person, take it to him. Let him guide and direct those opinions. And the second part, and I already alluded to this one too, is Listen. Once you say something, if you continue to speak, you're not processing it with God. You're venting to God. But once you say what needs to be said, sit and listen. Sit and wait. Give God room. 
to speak. And he may not speak to you audibly. Can I be honest with you? He doesn't speak to me audibly. He talks to me in weird ways. But he's still speaking to me. But if I didn't shut my mouth, I would never know that that was him speaking to me. Processing with the Lord brings change. And don't feel bad if you've got to do it a lot. Even if it's daily sometimes. Because he wants what's best for you. So process your heart's desire to him. But give him room to speak back to you. Every complaint, opinion, and criticism that we take to Jesus, it allows us and helps us to see what's truly important for the kingdom. Everyone that we take to him allows us to see what's important to the kingdom. And I'm almost done. I know we're past time. But I got to say this because if I don't say this, then it's just going to feel weird. But when you're speaking to Jesus, knowing if you're venting or processing, you need to ask yourself some things. Ask yourself, is this an ongoing conversation? Am I bringing the same thing to God every day? Because this seems weird if I am. Are you moving towards a resolution? Are you getting healthier? Venting is just an ongoing message that we've clicked on repeat with. Ask ourselves, because we got to check our next motives here. Before you start asking why, before you start, ask yourself why you're talking about this. Why am I bringing this up? What's the purpose of expressing my thoughts with with this person or or with God? If if you've got to ask yourself what is happening... Ask yourself, what do you hope to gain from it? Sometimes we can have great, great motives. But what we want to gain is is just getting it off our chest. We really don't want change to come. So when you speak to God, ask yourself, what is my motive behind this? Am I just going to say this to God and then be like, "Mm, I didn't hear him? Or am I going to really listen to what he says and take the change that he wants me to make. The last thing you need to ask yourself is, are you willing to be corrected? You can ask God to change you all day long. You can ask God to change your thoughts all day long. You can ask God to change your opinions all day long, but are you willing to actually correct the thing that you want him to change? Because if we're honestly wanting to do this process, you will not be offended easily. You will not pick up offense. You will say, okay, God, I got you. So the question I want you to ask the Holy Spirit today as we pray, and even this week, is what camp you live in the most? And why do you find comfort there? Ask him, but give him room to talk. 
And it may hurt what you hear. But be willing to find out what camp I live in most of the time and why do I find comfort there? Let's pray today. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you, Father, that we are in the season we're in, God. God, I thank you for correction. I thank you for for a challenge. God, but today I want you to begin to speak to all of us, God, about the camp that we find ourselves living in. Maybe we're not there all the time, but God, what camp are we spending the most time in? Father, and why do we find comfort there? Speak those answers to us this week, God. Let us begin to take these opinions and these thoughts and, and God, all, all, this, all this criticism that we might have in our life. God, let, let us get to a place, Father, where we can begin to process it through you and not through people, God. Give us, Father, the peace to be raw and real with you this week. God, change our prayer time with you. Change, God, how we speak to you. Allow us, God, to just, Father, be emotional. To share with you our disappointment, to share with you our frustration, to share with you our anger, God. Knowing that it's not a shock to you, but God, knowing that this is the process of how we get free, God. God, I thank you. I thank you for your words. I thank you for your helper in the Holy Spirit that you gave us, God. I thank you for the challenge that, Father, I've... is heavy on me right now, God. Lord, I pray for your people, God. I ask that you bless them today as they go, but God, continue to let them chew on these words as they venture home and as they even go back to their small groups to to re-talk about this, God, this week, Father. Let your words just come forth. Let your revelation come, Father. And God, let, let your love just wrap around us as we get raw and real with you, Father. God, I love you. And I thank you, Father, for your church. Amen.